Hey y'all, welcome back to part one here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, uh, the Friday, May 27th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where Stats by Will joins the program, uh, as he does every week at this particular time. Uh, so Will and I, we talked about Matthew Mayer and his fit at Illinois, if that is where the Baylor transfer ends up. Uh, we talked about Louisville hiring Milt Wagner, the grandfather of number one recruit DJ Wagner, and uh, the interesting recruiting battle for the number one player in the country between uh, Louisville and Kentucky and John Calipari because he coached uh, DJ's father, Dewan at Memphis. So very interesting stuff going on there. Uh, Tracy Jackson Davis returning to Indiana, Tennessee bringing in Cade Phillips, who just came from a very, very heavy Alabama family. Uh, our Kim Palm season in review for the Connecticut Huskies, the Yukon Huskies. And uh, yeah, all that and more coming up with Stats by Will. Don't forget, folks, you can watch this very program on YouTube. Go to youtube.com, type in the Chase Thomas Podcast. You'll find us there. All kinds of great clips, videos, and all kind of good content on that front. So make sure you go ahead and like it and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, tweet at me at Chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. You can email this very program at Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, read me at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Again, that is sportsrenaissanceman. That's me. Substack.com. Type your email. Never miss an issue of written content from myself. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Hey, we're back. Stats by Will is here late on a Thursday, right before the Tennessee Volunteers uh, go ahead and take care of the Vanderbilt Commodores on this dreary Thursday evening in Knoxville, Tennessee. Stats by Will. Will Warren is here. Will, good evening. How are you? doing well i hope that we don't get cold taked on your prediction just now uh whenever this comes out <laughs> i really hope not because it will come out after this game so um we'll see i mean that would just here's the thing and people forget this based on the time that the vaults have had to sit in the bus and sit away and get ready and then go away it doesn't act if we lose it doesn't it's count it's a fake game yeah. And honestly, people forget baseball, high variance game, mm-hmm. crazy things happen. Individual do games that. don't count unless they do. So I am right there with you, right there with you. Process over results. That's what people always say. As long That's as what I said on this podcast good, last week. Yeah, as long as the process is good, the results, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the process wasn't good to, in the last 24 hours. So the results are thrown out the window because the process was rain has taken over Birmingham and thrown everybody's rotation and lineup into a snafu. Look, if the Vols win, it was what was meant to be. If the Vols lose, you just got to gotta throw it out. You got to throw it out. doesn't count. Precisely. Um, exactly, exactly. I just I think about your dad or your tweet about your dad uh, around this time uh, that you have pinned your Twitter profile where it's like, sorry, oh. Mr. President, <laughs> I got to watch the, my Vols tonight. Yes, that's a that's a great one. But no, mm. so do you think uh, I'd be? This is sort of a freak event, so I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to happen again. But do you think they'll like push to do a dome in the future, like Minute Maid mm. Park or similar, or do you think they'll just kind of keep running it back at Hoover? 
I think you just got to go somewhere else. Like Birmingham is weirdly like a high precipitation place. Um, so I think you just have to move it out of Birmingham. Um, mm. I don't know where that is, but you probably need to, this cannot be a, a thing, uh, going forward. Cause it throws a lot out of, out of sync and out of whack. So we'll see. Um, but no, I don't think it will be in Birmingham and Hoover long term. I mean, the SEC offices, like I could see like Orlando I, moving to Florida somewhere. Charlotte, um, would not surprise yeah. me. Atlanta, um would not surprise me you have george tech stadium which is beautiful you could do it there um i don't know just do it the braves do it tourist Uh, i mean honestly i feel like people love the spring training vibe of doing it in florida in may that would be a destination thing because i mean no you know no offense to people who live in birmingham at all but i don't feel that hoover specifically is a destination from what i know disagree go watch two a days great show great vibes i'm I'm not watching anything that's high school football come on now what do you mean? High school football is a delight. It's one of the best remaining things on this planet. It's mm. uh, it's an absolute delight. Will I'll get you in on st- on uh, on high school football at some point. That's now my mi- new mission. Hoover football, <laughs> the Bucks, man, it's a tradition unlike any other. Um, oh, I just lost you for a second. Hold on. Uh oh. See, I can see you. Oh, now I now I can no longer see you. Well, folks, this is now the uh, the Will Warrant podcast. I'm back. Did you miss me? Yeah. So I just I changed the name of the podcast while you're gone, as I said, as the Will Warren podcast, and then I just stared into the camera. So it was eight seconds of uh, podcasting history. There you where, go. Uh, there's a mini episode, and now it's gone. That's but a mini episode. Still be there. I honestly don't know. There you go. Um, Will, I want to start things off in our college basketball coverage. Matthew Mayer, who worked his way up the rotation in Baylor, becomes a key cog last year. His shooting goes down. His It's weird. His usage went up. His responsibilities went up this past year at Baylor. And his shot went down. Like He did not shoot the ball well at Baylor this past year. Um, but he was unbelievable in their title win two years ago. And now he's in the portal. And there's a really good piece I was uh, reading about Illinois and where he might end up. And Illinois and Brad Underwood, I think Kofi was really good for them. But when you listen to what Brad Underwood wants and what kind of vision he has for the Fighting Illini basketball team, he wants five out basketball. He doesn't want, like, he's not, the Kofi situation was just like a unique, like, these guys don't come along very often. And I don't think he was also the one who originally brought him in. I think that was the last staff who brought him in unless I'm mistaken, but um, Mayer makes a lot of sense for them of where they want to go, but I hadn't considered them a uh, destination spot for him. But what do you make of Mayer in the portal, and do you like Illinois as a fit? Yeah, well, so I actually think, so There's it's narrowed down to four schools, right? Mm-hmm. So it's Illinois, UNC, and I don't know how this is going to shake out. I, I imagine the decision has to be made really soon, frankly. Mm-hmm. But it's Illinois, UNC, Memphis, um, and Texas Tech, which is honestly really funny. So you shake him out. You know, would it be pretty interesting to see his skill set on a Memphis team that could, you know, if he goes there, maybe I still don't think they would be better than Houston, but I think, you know, that's like a top 20, top 25 team. Mm. That would be pretty interesting, right? So, yeah, sure, that'd be interesting. Would it be cool to see him turn UNC into a legit number one contender? Yeah, I'd be up for that. Uh, he would just have to be okay with coming off the bench again. I don't think he starts at UNC. 
I don't think so either. And would it be, as I mentioned, extremely funny if he went to Texas Tech? Oh, yeah, that would be mm-hmm. great. What, what a moment that would be. But <laughs> if you just look at the fit purposes, Illinois is the best for uh, mayor, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes the most sense for me for him for his basketball future. So, you know, you, you got to remember, Kofi is gone. Curbelo, human disaster factory, has departed. <laughs> Alfonso Plummer, who was legitimately really good, is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Frazier gone too. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of talent you got to replace. And credit to them, getting Terrence Shannon out of the portal from Texas Tech was a huge yeah. get. Uh, but here's the problem: Terrence Shannon is the only player on the roster right now who has made more than twenty threes in a season. That's and not while good. while Sky Clark is a really good shooter, as far as we know, we've seen really good shooters in high school come into college. And struggle quite a bit to adjust it just happens mm. it's uh you know you lose the comfort of a gym have to trade it for another that you might only be in for one year and it may not go so well mm-hmm. and so i i still think clark will do well but i you know it wouldn't be stunning if he had a cold streak so you need another shooter to bounce that out right now mayor would probably be the best you know ready-made most proven shooter on that roster mm-hmm. which is great for him because if he plays his cards right he's going to enter a situation where he can be uh, honestly, probably the number two scoring option from day one and potentially number one on certain nights. Um, so that's, you know, that was a guy who after that Baylor title run, I was thinking the next season, like he is going to be a legit big 12 player of the year contender. And it just didn't pan out quite so well. And, you know, it's, it, it depends. It's all fit based. You know, he didn't shoot as well last year. Uh, he honestly actually went down in usage on the whole, uh, but he remained really great defensively, and I think that's going to be a big impact spot for him at Illinois or wherever he chooses too. Is he's a fantastic defender who can go, you know, two through four and sometimes five. And you know, to to your point about Kofi, uh, I think it's a thing where you know, Kofi Coburn, for all intents and purposes, it's the same as Shibuya in a way. He's just big. Mm. He's really freaking big. And that's going to be great against most opponents, but he's just big. And I feel like that probably should have been hammered in when uh, a local plumbers union head Cameron Krutwig at Loyola Chicago dominated him. Mm. And it should have been like really hammered in when he looked completely feckless against both UTC and Houston in the NCAA tournament. Um, So I think it's sort of, I don't know that it's necessarily addition by subtraction, but it's like, addition by giving you a higher variance level to maybe go further in the NCAA tournament. Cause they still have not made the sweet 16, I believe since the uh, Bruce Weber. Well, hold on. What have we said on this podcast? What is this podcast? The chase Thomas podcast process. all about process over results. And I, and I think this process, process is probably yeah. superior Yeah, because it's just, I mean, with, with the, uh, with this past Illinois team in particular, it's just like if Grandison wasn't hitting threes or if Kofi wasn't just, bigger than the guy inside scoring was going to be a little hard to come by. And I mean, they were quite lucky to escape that UTC game and they got pantsed by Houston. Mm. So I think it was a flawed process that led to that outcome. And if mayor goes there, it's going to be funny. They'll probably end up right where they were in Ken Palm this past year, like 15th to 20th, somewhere in there. Mm. But it just feels like it would be a more sustainable fit for March basketball. Yeah. Where do you think he ultimately ends up? I'm going to say Illinois. Why does my gut still say UNC for some reason? Because I think that's possible, too. I would, frankly, be a little bummed if he went to UNC. Mm. because Not not because I'm anti-UNC or anything, but because Mm. 
as it stands right now, there's no real true number one roster in college basketball. Hmm. I, I think, I mean, if you go to Bart Torvik's site right now, Baylor actually is number one, and I don't feel like Baylor is an obvious number one by any stretch. Well, did they the go down season. if Mayer leaves? Is that Mayer's, factoring? Mayer's already out of the roster. So factor. they're factoring that in already. Okay. Yeah. And I is Baylor a fine number one pick? Totally. I mean, mm. it's Scott Drew. Why would you bet against him at this point? But it's more of the point of like, there's several teams right now that I think could be number one, like within the first two months of the season, like, you know, so like 10 different teams could be. And I would kind of prefer to see that versus like a situation where UNC is probably number one and stays number one until they lose on like December 27th or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's kind of what would be coming if mayor went there. So my personal preference would be that he had Illinois. There you go. Uh, my favorite recruitment that I am going to be excited to monitor over the foreseeable future is uh, we're getting old, man, because when I realized that Dewan Wagner has a son old enough to <laughs> be playing college basketball, I didn't really like that. Uh, don't uh, don't like that whatsoever. But Dewan Wagner's son, um, DJ Wagner, mm-hmm. his grandfather, Milt Wagner. I love all these names. These are all good names. Milt. Uh, it's I love Milt. One. Yeah, Milt's Milt is like a baseball pitcher in the 1950s that yeah. won one Cy Young, but not two. Milt's a good dude. There's no way you can be named Milt and not turn out to be a good dude. I think that's just <laughs> inherent that you got to be a good dude. Um, but Milt gets hired by Louisville, who, and for folks that are not familiar, Milt is a former Louisville star. And like I said, the grand, uh, grandfather of DJ Wagner, who is the number one player in his class mm-hmm. as the role of director of player development for Louisville. So people are like, oh, you just hire whoever. And I mean, Missouri, didn't Missouri do this with Michael Porter Jr.'s yeah. dad, I think. And then Oklahoma State did this with Cade's family, I want to say. Didn't his uncle or brother, somebody got hired on the Oklahoma State's bench for Cade, and I don't remember who mm-hmm. it was. It, it uh, was a relative, for sure. Yeah. Same thing with Ben Simmons at LSU. True. Yeah, I forgot about Ben. And this is not uh, new in college basketball, but it is interesting because, folks, do you know where Dewan Wagner played basketball? It was at Memphis, and <laughs> guess what? He's cool with Coach Cal, who coaches at UK. So his dad is super close and cool with Cal, who coaches UK. Milt, his grandfather, is now working for Kenny Payne and company at Louisville. Man, this Louisville versus UK, this is like the blue blood just perfect mess because either way this goes, the reaction, I just go ahead and pencil it in. I'm watching Louisville versus Kentucky, that first game no matter what. But it's kind of wild how this is shaping up to be like he's either picking his dad's guy or his grandfather's guy. It's it's wild. Frankly, as an unbiased observer here, I think he should pick Louisville mm. um, for no other reason than he should pick Louisville. But um, hold on, I got to stop you there. It's not Louisville. It's not Louisville. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's not. not. Louisville? You have to say it like so. It's actually pronounced. I kid you not. I remember this is something that you got to do. Well, it's you got like it, it's something you got to enunciate it like it's something in your throat. You gotta say Louisville. It's Louisville. That just, that's like when people say Merville. Yeah, that's what like it is. That. It's Maryville. No, it's Maryville. No, it's Maryville. This is leading the into is my gone. question. <laughs> this is I have been thinking about this for many years. Is mm-hmm. Louisville a southern or a midwestern city or both? 
I don't, I struggle with Kentucky as a whole. Um, Cause I think of Lexington more Southern. Hmm. But Louisville to me is a almost 50, 50 split. That's tough, man. Is Arkansas Southern? Yeah. South it's like Southwestern Southern. almost. Okay. But I, I consider Southern. It's, it's kind of like how Memphis and Arkansas have similar cultures, but yes. like Nashville and Memphis do not at all. And Knoxville and Memphis definitely don't. I mean, even Knoxville and Nashville don't. Nashville yeah, like the, a, the big yeah. three of Tennessee are vastly different from one another. Yes. So, and I don't know. I, I'll, I'll say no. I don't think Louisville is in the Southern family. I think it's a Midwest mm. school. I think it's a little more Midwestern. So, yeah. Yeah, and when I think of Louisville, I think of the Atlantic Coast, uh, which is why they are in the Atlantic Coast Conference. <laughs> yeah, I famous Ocean City, Louisville. Now, this uh, this actually stands for a question I asked my dad the other day, which was, is Cincinnati a Rust Belt city? Hmm. No. I don't think so either, and he was very strong in saying it was. Doesn't feel like it. No, culturally, no. No. Geographically, sure, but not culturally. No. When I think Hustle Belt, no, can't do it. But it's so funny because I'm like Toledo, Hustle Belt, Rust Belt. And I think about like different parts of Ohio that fall in it. Like Columbus, I'd be more likely to throw in there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Cincinnati doesn't doesn't pass the sniff test there. Um, back, back to DJ yeah. Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it does look like he's, it seems like he'll likely go to Louisville. I feel like that's going to be kind of hard to go against now with his grandfather being there. Um, but, but it his is dad be knows Cal, and he's around his dad more, right? Well, sure, but um, I mean, the on three people seem to think he's uh, leaning Louisville. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, and frankly, it would be more exciting for college basketball and for that rivalry if Louisville got the upper hand on one of these, hmm. you know, like lottery guy recruitments, because it's it's been a long time, long, long time since that happened, even with Patino there. I so, think they're going to have to show something, though. I think Kenny Payne, first-time head coach, I think they're going to have to be good. I don't know. Like, I think, I think that's going to be part of it. I think they might be. I think they might be. I, it, it's sort of like, do I necessarily think that on paper Kenny Payne is a superior coach to uh, Chris Mack? Mm. I don't think so because Chris Mack has more of a resume for me to point to. Mm. Do I think that Kenny Payne is a significantly superior vibes guy mm. versus Chris Mack? Oh, yeah. Well, the, it's, also the, just... it's like the vibes for Louisville, because Louisville had talent last year, I thought, mm-hmm. not like a ton, but enough to be competitive, which they just weren't. The Having that sort of like dreariness removed from the program and that new energy makes me feel like they're going to be a little surprising in a good way this year. Bringing the yum back to the yum center. Yes. Um, where did Chris Mack wind up? Is he Did he get another job or is he just out this year? Um, I'm thinking Chris Mack is going to be like a Fox Sports 1 analyst. Hmm. That sounds about right. The Big East analyst. Yeah, he'll he'll be on like the halftime show. And honestly, I really think they should get him in for like, you know, replace just like fill in the blank uh, for the NCAA tournament pregame shows. Hmm. I think that would be a good fit for him. Doesn't I mean, really matter who you got to replace. Not like obviously like Ernie Johnson or whoever, but like that nameless crew they had doing the first four. I can't remember any of them, hmm. but uh, get him in there. It's like how I want him, and it's like I want Jay Wright and Coach K to do tournament coverage. Jay Wright, because I think he would be amazing at it. Coach K, because he would not be able to hide how much he hates everyone in the building. Interesting. So I think it would be really good to watch. 
I was gonna say I don't, I don't think Coach K would be good on TV, but Jay Wright would be like a natural fit. You would you would assume. Um, Tracy Jackson Davis is back at IU, and Mike Woodson, another guy we didn't know how he would translate to the college level. Uh, multiple NBA coaching stops, had a lot of success in New York and Atlanta, um, but hey. This looks promising. I don't think people thought he was going to get him back uh, for this year. And this class is looking pretty, pretty interesting. The Hoosiers, I think, are trending up, right? Oh, for sure. I think they're trending up in a really good way. They were interesting to me last year because they were kind of unlucky in close games. And it, I, they, I would say they got in based on their Big Ten tournament run. I don't think mm-hmm. they would have gotten in otherwise, uh, which was kind of a surprise because they, I believe, finished the year low-end top 30 in Ken Palm or high 30s somewhere in there, which is pretty darn good for a 12 seed. Mm. So I think they're they're a team that's better than the record showed. Uh, it would be, I, I don't know that I'm ready to say it, but I think they're going to have a real shot at being the best in the Big Ten this coming year, just mm. because I can't point out an obvious favorite to you. Mm. And the hot take I have here is that, obviously, uh, I'm not a betting person, but obviously... When these Player of the Year odds come out eventually, I think like, you know, October, whatever, Oscar Shibway is going to be the leader in them, right? Mm. I would look for Jackson Davis a little further down if Indiana has this really good season. Like if Indiana is a top 10 or 15 team, Jackson Davis is going to be the obvious star and potential best player in the Big Ten. I mean, he could easily be out there averaging like 19 and 9 for a top 15 Indiana, which is like catnip for sports writers. Mm. So I, I think it's extremely important. Him coming back makes me feel really good about their fortunes. I, uh, I, I'm curious to see uh, how Jalen hood Shafino and uh, Malik Renault translate, these two mm. freshmen. Uh, I, I, I can't tell if Woodson will give them bigger roles than I'm expecting or smaller ones. It seems like it could, uh, could go either way there. But um, they'll have to find, because it's Jackson Davis, Xavier Johnson, and they're going to have to find the third scorer. Mm. Who that is, I don't really know yet, but that was sort of the thing last year. Is it felt like the, the offense kind of got stuck in the mud at times, which led to a couple of those bad losses that had them on the bubble. But, uh, I mean, on the whole, I think the Woodson experiment looks pretty good so far. And uh, excited to see how it goes from here. He's a likable guy. Mm. I like the facial hair. Mm. I thought it was really weird that they handed out masks with the facial hair on it last year. <laughs> so don't do that again, even if COVID roars back in December. But... Yeah. There you go. Um, the Tennessee Vols. Sorry, Mr. President. The Vols are on. Got to watch them. <laughs> but uh, Cade Phillips, or somehow related like Brody Croyle. You go through his like family history, and there's like a Brody Croyle here, a John Parker Wilson. No, I don't think there's a John Parker Wilson there. But uh, <laughs> insert player, like some sort of Tuscaloosa connection. This man had it. I think both his parents played at Alabama in different sports. Like, he is Alabama through and through from Jacksonville, Alabama. The first big get for the 2023 class for Rick Barnes. This is 2022 one wrapped up here. Um, yeah, Cade Phillips. And he was like, I I was in on it. He attended, I think, the Arizona game and loved the atmosphere. It was like, it was sold out. It was wild. And he likes the plan for how they use their forwards. And he was like, hey, I am in on what Rick Barnes is doing. And Rick Barnes pulls... Cade Phillips from the state of Alabama. This was a stunner to a lot of people, I think. 
Well, it, it had been trending Tennessee's way for a bit, but it's surprising. Yeah. And I think generally a good thing where, again, you know, sort of depends which recruiting service you use, but at least at On3, which is the one I've been monitoring, mm. uh, he was the number one player in the state of Alabama for this class. Mm. And any time that you're getting the number one player in Alabama away from Alabama and Auburn, I think is a net positive. Mm. Um, I, I'm honestly curious to see how he develops at Tennessee because right now, based on what I've read, the offensive skill set is not very developed, mm. but he is apparently hellacious at the rim. He is a terrific rim running center, great verticality, tough to stop once he gets down low, a great lob threat, which I think Tennessee's been missing for a while since Pons left. Mm. Uh, and really, obviously, more of a center than Pons ever was due to the you know height advantage. So I think that's going to fit a real need Tennessee will have after this season. Uh, a good center that can you know get above the rim, work the boards, give us some good block highlights. I think that's a that's a useful piece. And uh, if he looked five percent less like Drew Pember, I would be more confident <laughs> uh, in his future development. <laughs> Sorry to big South defender of the year, Drew Pember. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I think it's a good pickup. It's uh, it's funny to think now, you know, five, six years ago, a Cade Phillips would have been like the crown jewel of a Tennessee recruiting class. Hmm. And now he's just like, you know, third or fourth billing to the, the BJ Edwards and the Julian Phillips and whatnot. That's true. Um, I can't believe you did this. You called them Connecticut will like this is one of those just you and i i thought we were we had a lot in common and then you put in our show sheet for our ken palm top 25 season review series where the yukon huskies are up next and you had connecticut and then in parentheses or yukon if you prefer now people people use both no they don't there's no one who's doing both who's doing both who says connecticut I've said Connecticut. Okay. Well, outside of the police and Will Warren, who else is saying oh, Connecticut? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Not a good week. I'm just kidding. That's true. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we'll go with UConn then. Yeah. I, so here's my thing. I think, but this is actually before we get into the real coverage of the team. Yeah. I think peak Jim Calhoun, that's UConn. Hmm. Connecticut from like 2015 to 2021 is Connecticut. That's oh, so it's not like really a, if, if you're bad, you're Connecticut. If you're good, you're UConn. Yeah, ex- okay. precisely, precisely. Because like no one in Tennessee, like you never called the Pat Summit Geno rivalry the UConn, the Connecticut Tennessee rivalry. It was UConn <laughs> versus UT. Like it was. Yeah. There was no no. There was no. That's because both were at the top. That's true. That's true. You get your you're allowed your name shortened if you're at the top. I believe. Bring back the old Husky logo. That's something that yes. I think needs to come back. Yes. I don't know why they got and rid of that. And then they will make a Final Four again. Yes. I think those two are inextricably linked, to be certain. Um, well, it's been a few years since Kevin Ollie was roaming the sidelines. And uh, at, uh, what is it, Saint? Uh, what is it? Uh, Soars? What is, where do they play? It's something. Stores. Right? Stores, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, they play in a supermarket. Yeah, there you go. Um, stores Connecticut and home of the Gilmore girls who you and I are both big fans of. God bless Um, that show. I do. Hey, (laughs) what a great show. I saw something where it was, uh, this was this week where someone posted, uh, I think it was just, this girl posted a picture of Luke and it's like, if your boyfriend knows who this person is, he's a slut. And I was like, Ouch. Ouch. Right. Yeah. That's rude. It is rude. 
but if you know who jess is you're you're golden (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say i feel like if it's i don't think luke's the good answer there i think it's jess is a good one um hmm yeah the first boyfriend is the real match for that term hmm because he's the worst remember he sleeps around on his wife that's true. Well, with Rory. And then she, she picks the, what is it, the roast beef or something to try and win him back? <laughs> what an amazing plot point. I love that show. Don't care. Gilmore Guys for Life. Uh, yeah. It was a great podcast, too. I don't know if you ever listened that to that. That was a show? Uh, no, it was a podcast. Gilmore Guys. I'll look you it up would, after. Interesting. You would love. You're, that's like completely up your alley, Gilmore Guys. It's, they go through <laughs> every episode, but it's a delight. I, uh, when I was wa- re-watching it a couple years ago, uh, I was listening to those episodes after I watched it, and it was fantastic. He's actually been on the show, one of the hosts. Um, but, yeah, outside of Gilmore Girls and Stores, Connecticut, um, the Yukon Huskies, good season for Mr. Hurley's club. Uh, they're back in the top 25, making – they're not the Yukon of old. They're not a Final Four-type team, but making some making some strides. What did you make of the 2021-2022 Yukon Huskies? Well. What's funny is uh, that's more or less the exact same team as the year before, mm-hmm. where the stats are incredibly similar. So they were 21st overall. This is Ken Bob numbers. 21st overall last year, 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. 22nd overall this year. Uh, 2021, 27th in offense, 22nd in offense this year. Fourth in offensive rebounding, second in offensive rebounding. Mm-hmm. 35th in two-point percentage against fourth. Block percentage, 10th, and then 4th. So it was basically the same team, but it felt entirely differently because they were up in, you know, in the polls for mm-hmm. most of the year. And last year's team was a 7th seed that, you know, got swept out of the first round by Maryland. But they suffered the exact same fate. They more or less got shooting variants. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, 2021 UConn team, they got bounced out because they had one of the worst shooting performances of all time, despite blowing up the boards and getting i i gotta look it up because i remember in real time it felt like they had yeah 22 offensive rebounds in the maryland game in 2021 mm. they out rebounded maryland on the boards 22 to 4 and uh lost which good. is really rare mm. and so you flash forward to this year this year they shot okay i thought in that game but it was new mexico state that went 65 percent from the three-point line which is obviously very hard to repeat game over game. Mm. If you just flipped the results of those two games, just say UConn loses in the round of 32 to Arkansas, which seems pretty plausible. And the year before UConn loses to Alabama, both pretty easy outcomes to imagine. Mm. Doesn't it feel like Dan Hurley would have so much more buzz if he just won both games, if they hadn't had these truly unreal events happen to them? Because I feel like he's done quite the good job. I don't think... Again, we're not exactly staring at the Yukon of old under Calhoun, but you know this is now four seasons removed from Kevin Ollie's uh, departure, mm-hmm. and you know at least Ken Palm wise, you're looking at 98th, 52nd, 21st, 22nd. Mm-hmm. That's back-to-back top 25 finishes for a program that had not seen back-to-back top 25 finishes since the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. So he's got it going in a good way. It's just they have to be able to take the next step. And this is not just like win a tournament game, but it's like really challenge Villanova in the Big East. Yeah. Because uh, 11 and 6 in conference last year, 13 and 6 this year, that's good enough for third place. That's fine. That's acceptable. 
But, you know, honestly, when I'm thinking like third place, I'm thinking like, okay, Creighton is plucky this year and they're always going to be in third place. Yeah. UConn should probably generally outfinish Providence. UConn should probably generally outfinish Seton Hall, Marquette, etc. So uh, I want to see, and we'll see how this next team does. I want to see them take that next step and legitimately challenge Villanova for, you know, maybe not the whole season, ninety percent of the way for a uh, Big East title. And we'll see if that ultimately does happen, right? Like, uh, it's it's possible. Big East is pretty pretty good going into next year. Plucky little conference for sure. And yeah. I, I think they'll be dominant on the boards again because Sunogo comes back and that guy is just brutal to try and box out. Mm. But you lose RJ Cole, you lose, you know, a lot of your shooting talent from last year. Tyrese Martin is gone, uh Tyler Polly, Isaiah Whaley. So I, I've gotta see, you know, maybe this is sort of the in between year, but I think, you know, year five, if you're Dan Hurley, you gotta be making the NCAA tournament again, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Will uh, we'll end on this? Your stats that you've seen. Do you have a new stat for us, Mister Stats by Will? Got two. Um, okay. Both of these are actually tournament related, since we don't really have much else going on at the moment. So, and this this one dates back because Ken has updated his numbers through 1997. Now, so okay. there have been 24 champions in the Ken Palm era. Mm-hmm. So first, would you believe it that Kansas finished this past season ranking 21st best among them with an adjusted efficiency margin of 27.49? Secondly, can you name the three champions since 1997 who ranked worse? Is UConn one of them? UConn is two of them. Oh, boom! So I figured it was a good one to use right after we talked about them. So yeah, 2011 and 2014, but you got one more. One of the Kansas teams? It's not one of the Kansas teams. It is a uh, guy who goes by Mello, wears number 15. Oh, is it really Syracuse? I would not have guessed Syracuse. Yes, that three-seed Syracuse team. Huh, would not have guessed that. So they were the uh, third worst. So, yeah, 2014 UConn, obviously the worst champion of the last. That's no surprise. But, Mm. yeah, the Kemba team, it just took them so long to get rolling that, Mm. you know, the NCAA tournament results only make up for so much. Yeah, the Kansas one a little surprising, I would say, because, you know, they ended up third in Ken Palm mm-hmm. this year. It's not like they're crappy, but it's yeah, it's just more of like this season, and we saw it in real time, just very few teams standing out for four straight months. A lot of up and down play. Did you see Syracuse rename the arena? From the Carrier Dome? What is yeah, it now? It's, it's, um, it's a long advertisement name. It's... <laughs> Look at Will, I've ruined his day. <laughs> The JMA Wireless? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that's not a real wireless company. That's like that's not Verizon. That's so stupid. That's like that's like uh, Miller Park being American Family Field now. Yeah, that's I'm not. not real. It's Miller. Like I'm not. It's Miller it Park. It. Yeah, Carrier Dome is still Carrier Dome. I just. This is like when. Also, I don't why know can't they, they just call it this? this? Why can't they just say whatever you want to say at that? At the carrier dome, but still yeah. keep the carrier dome. Well, yeah, J J, you know, J Billis Wireless Field or Court at the mm. carrier dome, whatever you yes. want to call it. It's like how they do. Um, what is it at Tennessee? It's a uh, something Court at a Thompson Bowling Arena. I, it could be Pat is it Summit Pat Court. Summit? 
but it used to be something different before Pat mm. retired. It was somebody's name. I think you're right, and I don't remember. Oh, it could have been Ray Court, maybe. I, I'm going to have to pull up some Chris Lofton tape to, to double-check <laughs> here. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, second there. stat. Almost yeah. forgot. So we had a lot of, obviously, <laughs> this is more Big East related. We had a lot of talk about close game luck this year. Uh-huh. We didn't really talk much about the teams who didn't have a bunch of lucky wins. So obviously 68 teams in the state tournament. Mm-hmm. Every team in it had at least one, quote, close win, which is defined as six points or less where it's in overtime. Mm-hmm. Only two of the teams had just one close win. Who mm-hmm. are those two teams? I'll spoil that one of them is 14 seed Colgate, so I figured you probably wouldn't get that. What? I'm not going to get this. So who's the other? You're going to have to give this to me. I don't know. It's one seed Gonzaga. Oh, I would have never. Because that. Gonzaga only played in three close games all year. <laughs> oh. So it was hmm. the, uh, it, what's kind of crazy, they entered the NCAA tournament having played in one, mm-hmm. the loss to Duke. Round of 32 Memphis was a four-point game, and then the Arkansas game was a six-point loss. Yeah. So I haven't done any studies to see if there's like, there's probably not much correlation really if you're on one extreme or the other. But I wonder if there could be, or I mean, on the far extreme of like you play in a lot of close games, I think that's generally bad. Mm. But I wonder if there could be some sort of minor, mild correlation if you just don't play in close games at all, all season long. And then it's like, you know, crunch time and it's like, no, shoot, what do we do? You know, Arkansas, we're four for 24 from three or whatever. That's why, Will, Uh, you know how I'm going to end this. I'd love to keep potting. But it's time to go watch my Vols. Our Vols. <laughs> Our Vols. V-A-W-L-S. Or Starts if you're Will. Donnie Tindall, Vowels. Oh, yeah. Oof. <laughs> How many years does he have left on his no-show clause? Um, three? Is it Two? three? Two or three. <laughs> uh, but he was a wrestling promoter for a bit, so maybe he's just out of it. That man, we got to get him in uh, Righteous Gemstones. Maybe that's where yes. he belongs. Um, he can be the uh, follow-up to Eric Andre's place this season. He what an electric performance from him, and yes. just the one of the best comedies of all time. Like it's a, immediately one of the best comedies of all time. Er- Eric so Andre, much. those that was like like a Luca level fourth quarter performance <laughs> from Eric Andre in the season finale. Yeah, <laughs> it was like watching no, it was like watching Luca hit those step backs over the Phoenix Suns. I was like, what is Eric Andre going to do next? <laughs> Eric Andre from way downtown. But credit to Danny McBride too. Great performance from him as usual. But that's not as that's not well, as they're surprising. together. Like those two putting them together was just an amazing idea. And like those yes. two. Oh my god. Oh. Oh my god. Now you make me want to rewatch season two. And, and um, I'm such an I'm such a simpleton that I honestly did not know the song that closes the season was not an original song. It's hmm. a cover of a Don Williams song from the 70s. I didn't know that. I had no idea, too. But it's a banger, and I play it all the time. It is a banger. Um, there you go. And you know what else is a banger? Uncle Baby Billy song that he did with... What is that song? What is the song? I have, like, the jingle in my head. Oh, Misbehaving? Yeah. I just... I hear the core... The... This is how musically inclined I am. Uh, not is it the chorus? I guess it is the chorus. Yeah. The misbehave it. Like I, I have that stuck in my head, but like misbehaving that part. Yeah. Yes. 
and then Uncle Baby Billy driving off and selling his made-up uh, holy water uh, throughout the season, <laughs> <laughs> and it all falling off. <laughs> the best. I mean, the last episode of him just pulling a baby out of the uh, the porter potty, like that. That whole scene was incredible. Porter potty baby, um, just an incredible show. Uncle, ba- <laughs> Uncle Baby Billy, another guy who just puts on a clinic on that very show. Yes. Um, Walter Goggins. Uh, all right. So that's why we'll, we got some baseball to watch. I'll talk to you next week. All right. That'll do it for today's edition here on the chase Thomas podcast, the part one, 2022 Friday, May 27th, 2022 edition here on the chase Thomas podcast. Thank you again to will for coming on this edition of the podcast. Follow him on stats by will.com and on his Twitter at stats by will. Uh, thank you. Uh, for listening to part one part two coming up in just one second with Chandler Rim of the Houston Chronicle uh, if you like today's episode please make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify if you have not already done so email me at chase podcast at gmail.com tweet at me at chase double underscore thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase all right so there how to do Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.